Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talk and Toffees. Tonight, Andy and I are joined by Paul Daly and Ross Bloomberg. After that result, how are we doing, lads? Being better. How about you, yeah. Ross? Just, I think, I think we're all, um, all, we all, I think we're all expected to come on here and have a, a very different conversation to the one that we're, we're about to have. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a conversation that we've had eight, nine, ten times a season already. That's, and that's it. It's the overriding fami- familiar feeling that we've had with our home form this season. And I'm angry. I'm really angry at the moment. I'm trying my best to channel it. But it's just, it's been way too often this season, losing to teams with all due respect, we should be wiping the floor with. And it's, it's beyond anger now. I think it's, it, it almost feels like just genuine apathy and Joe off their stars a lot. He'll get into it. Well, we'll we'll review the the abomination of tonight's game and, and we'll also try and look ahead to the Wolves game, although it does seem a little pointless at this stage. So lads, let's start then with the team selection first and the and the way we set up. Ross, I'll start with you. When you know when the team came out an hour before kickoff, what what were your thoughts on the lineup and the formation? Was there anything that you you wanted to saw yourself? To to be honest, with you it, it came out, and my, my initial reaction was this is the first time, to my mind, that we've been able to play Alan, the Corey, and Hannes all at the same time with Dina, Charles, and Calvert-Lewin. And I was going looking around. That's arguably our strongest team we could have put out. Um, based on form and, and, and really the players we, we do have at our disposal. Um, in the back of my mind, I didn't think, oh, well, we got three at the back, but equally, I thought that would just mean that it would allow Decore to really push on along with Coleman and Dine. Um, but to be honest, I looked at it and went, yeah, probably the team I would have picked, uh, all things being considered, to be honest with you. Yeah, same here. Um, the, the only one, I said just before we started recording, I, I would have liked to start a Charleston bench tonight for his poor form, but I didn't know Josh King was injured. So with King being injured, there probably wasn't much there other than maybe Bernard, who's been off the pitch anyway. Um, for you, Andy, were you happy with the team selected the formation of three at the back? Yeah, I agree with Ross. You know, I'll be our best squad, our best team uh, on paper anyway. And obviously it led to a really disappointing uh, view. Um but yeah, I was quite happy before the game. I actually predicted that we, no disrespect to Sheffield United, because obviously they came away with the three points, but I actually predicted that we were going to put five or six past them. I thought we would have been overdue a game at Goodison, especially where we've absolutely dominated the game of football. And I thought tonight was going to be the game, uh, given, I th- I th- given the situation. I think, yeah, I think a few thought that, because obviously the goal difference is poor. That I think there was a view, there was an assumption almost that we'd win tonight. And, could we get could we get a few goals to, you know, claw claw the likes of West Ham and Spurs back? Um, for you, Paul, with, with that team, you're the same as us in terms of the lineup. Three centre backs. Were you happy with what you saw? Not pretty much. No complaints about the team. If if we had the right players available, um, Yanni Mina would be in with Keane, with Godfrey, uh, Dean and Coleman at wing back. 
Um, midfield, as Ross said, that's actually, I think it's the fifth or the sixth time we've actually had the freedom in the midfield all season. So, look, our strongest midfield defence was the best it could be. Jordan Pickford in great form. And then you've got Dominic Calvert-Loon and Richardson up front. You couldn't have asked for much more. Obviously, Josh King hasn't had the opportunities um, with, with him. But before we realised he was injured, I think it would have been a good opportunity to throw him on at some point today. Unfortunately, the injury, he, he weren't available. But um, look, there were no complaints about the team selection on paper. But the team that chained that up tonight want to hang their heads in shame. It was utterly disgraceful. And I'm choosing my words very, very carefully. It was a massive disappointment. And not for the first time this season, we've let another chance pass them by. When the pressure was on, we wilted again. Yeah. And, and to be, you know, I mean, I think, Paul, I think, that's, I think that's actually a really good point because we're all saying that squad, that, sorry, that, that 11... That that's that eleven should be strong enough to beat Sheffield United. There's yeah. um there's no question that you know that, that squad is it, it, not one of their players will get into that over any of those eleven. But you know, they've taken the three points because they wanted it more, they actually fought and they had desire. And you, know, you can have all the quality in the world. Give me eleven, you know, hard working dreamers over eleven quality you know, eleven quality you know, merchants who just want to kind of play when they fancy it. The eleven lads will work hard and win every single time, and that's the that's the problem there. Sheffield United, let's be honest, are relegated. Wanted it more than a European chasing mid-table team. It's just disgusting. Yeah, I think I think that's the painful reality of it, isn't it? I think we're all in agreement that that side Everton pick was more than good enough to win 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 it comfortably. Yeah, you can't legislate for that, can you? How, how can a team relegated be? be more hungry for three points that literally does nothing for their season as opposed to Everton you know mathematically it might not seem like it but at the moment it does certainly feel as though our season is now over um, so let's let's get into the game then um, because we have to seven, <laughs> seven minutes in we're 1-0 down obviously 17 year old kid in all honesty I didn't I didn't know who he was until I saw the lineups. Everson taps it in to make it one nil. I think with another team, you you you'd expect a reaction, but there's always the worry with Everton that, especially Goodison, when we go a goal down, that, that that's it. And obviously, it, it turned out that way. Um, what what did, what did you all make of Sheffield United just being able to breeze into the box, walk past Allen for the simplest of finishes? I'll start with you, Andy. Like what? What did you make of the ease of their goal? I, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember any any goal recent that Everton have scored that have been has been that easy for us to, to score. It was shambolic. It was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic. You know, Alan, I'm a big fan of Alan, and, and I think he, he does covers a lot of ground. He does a lot of great work. How easy he let him pass them. It was unbelievable. Ben Godfrey stepping out. You know, didn't read the game well at all. It, it wasn't good enough. Um, we should have been switched on. And I think early doors, when we've seen some of these performances that we've been beat at home against teams that we should be beating, you can see early doors that something's not quite right. Um, and then obviously it led to that. It was still a, it was an early goal. And 
Yeah, just far too easy. Just far too easy. Is there is there a defence with Alan that he didn't want to concede an early penalty, so he's he's not put his foot in? I think he's got to get the crosses, man. I, no, I agree. Yeah. Playing devil's advocate, I just wonder whether he, you know he, he's been conscious of giving a penalty away. For you, for you, Ross, looking at that first goal, I don't want it just to be a sort of pointing the finger exercise, but who are you looking at for that goal? Because it starts with Holgate in, in that right-back position, and and from there, you just seem to cut through us. Who are you looking at there that could have done a bit better? So, it's, it's one of those things. I, I, I had danger straight away. We lost it in the middle, and Hammers and Richarlison both kind of looked at each other and then jogged back. It went to that corner, and I just had de- in my head I was going, "There's danger here." We had the Corey Coleman Holgate uh, and Allen in reserve around two of them, and I'm just looking at it going, "Any team there is jockeys them. There's nothing going on here." We allowed him to turn, and to be fair, you know, let's be clear, he made a good run. You know, he did go past Allen too easily, but he, he got out of spots. We let him, but the fact that it's systematic of what we're doing now, we're not putting pressure mm-hmm. at any point in the game. We lost the 50-50 header in the middle. Hammers and uh, Richardson barely track back. It goes to the left channel. We don't really engage. Our pressing is so slow. The league is now everyone will press. It's it's um you know it, it's like you know in football you always have the every five years there's a new tactic. You know it was tick tacker then it was you know now it's the press. We are so far behind and we just don't engage ever. So you can see it building from there. And then you you write about Godfrey. He made the wrong choice. Yeah, he's still learning. He's he's for me completely our player of the year by by a long long stretch. But it's the case of he is still learning. I think you know, on reflection, you'd say the danger is not the man on the edge of the box. I'll stay in the middle. If it comes in, I clear it. If he gets a shot on, I block it. Yeah, I, I think I think I think it started long. You know, for me, it was a long time before I got to Godfrey. It was a castle of errors, but it's systematic. The fact that we just do not press. And we do not engage the um, the, the the other team uh, anywhere near enough as, as we should do. Compared to when we're on the ball, teams are right on us every single time. We don't get a second touch, and they're on us. They do it to Hammers, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, even at, even at times DNA Coleman, the midfield. They're on them. We're the complete opposite. We're so easy to play off. We, we will just sit back and let you pass around us. I agree with that. And do you know what? For me, I think teams make more of a conscious effort to press Evan because we don't move the ball quickly. We're very slow. Oh. The amount Correct. of times, I don't want to pick on him, but the amount of time today I saw Seamus Coleman stop on the ball and then he's gesturing with his right hand for movements because he can't release the ball quick. And time and time again, that was happening. I think you spot on with Godfrey. Yeah, he's at fault. And I think we all agree he's at fault, but there's a lot of football before it gets to that point. Mm. And he, Whilst in there, um, for you, Paul, what did you make of that first goal? Agreed, the very from Ross has just said, <clears throat> in terms of it's on, it's on the team, it's a, it's a team effort. And I'll go one favour on what Ross has said there. Ross said our press is too slow. I'm going to say it. Our press is non-existent. There's nothing there. And yeah. The pressure from the front. I'm probably doing Carver Luna disservice because I think in the lack of service that he's had in recent games and the amount of times he's been relatively quiet. I think he does make up for it with with efforts and he'll at least try and run. Richarlison, 
I'm I'm really trying to not say the words that are in my mind at the moment about Richarlison. He's he's just say no, he's playing like he's just playing like an absolute bag of shit in the times possible way. Um, he seems surly. He's not 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 pressing anywhere near enough. He seems to be strolling around the pitch. Hamas, I know he's not pacey, and, and his role in the team isn't to be a box player. But when I looked at Leicester yesterday and when I watched Leicester most most of the season. They press, they get in your face, they don't give you a minute. Everton are just, when we don't have the ball, we seem happy and content to sit and just invite the other team on. Now, I know away from home, that's all well and good because you're the away team and they've got to, you've, they've got to break you down. And I think that's where we've had a bit of luck this season. And let's be honest, there'd be no fans in the ground for us and we felt that. But there being no fans in the other teams' grounds away from home, and I think that's probably why we benefited so much and got results away from home. So the Charleston Hammers both have fell for me. Alan, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the the ball shouldn't have come in in the first place. To be fair, Holgate should have been in position, but again, I think he's just. It would really please me if he never pulled on an Everton shirt ever again. And with him, I've been a really big supporter of Allgate and I've really, really liked him as a footballer and his development. But over the last few games, they've just been chinks in his armour and elements of his game where you just think, do you know what, lad? these need to be ironed out of your game by now. This shouldn't still be happening. You are... Apparently, a proven Premier League defender, you shouldn't still be making these mistakes. Um, I mean, some of the things I've seen from him, I'd expect to have seen from that fucking builder across the park, fucking Phillips. Now, he's a kid, so you'd expect that. Holgate's been in the Premier League now for a number of years, played top level football. He, he yeah, should that, that back pass, that back pass, that should have been 2 0 game over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he should have learned his lesson from Villa. Twice, just, yeah. twice against Villa alone, the goal, and then before that, that should have been the warning sign. Cut it out. Mm-hmm. Now, Godfrey, um, I do have some. I, I have a degree of uh, sympathy for for want of a better word. Um, I think he was anticipating the cutback, and he just got done. He he, he got out off quite naive. The lad, the, the kid Jebson, good movements. And a nice, easy finish. But it shouldn't have got to that point. And I think if that press had been in place and we were pressing teams a bit more, I don't think that that, that this happens as regularly. Now, compared to when we're on the ball, we we just... You can tell we're managed by an Italian manager because we just look like a Serie A side when we're on the ball. Everything's so patient, slow. It's passed forwards. There's no... like. You watch Chelsea, City, when they're on the ball, they're up the pitch. I know this we don't have the players. It's the pace. We don't have that pace in the team. And, that, and you know what, though? That's fine. You don't have to have pace. But when you move the ball that slow, you need to have really intelligent players. And then the movement needs to be like that. Yeah. You know, someone makes a move and then there's a through ball. That didn't happen. And it was 
it was too slow, too lethargic. What concerned me, it looked like the start of the season where the players didn't quite know where they should be. They seemed to lose the shape. Ross, you said it before, where Richarlison and the Hammers were looking at each other. No one today quite knew what they were meant to be doing. We had Coleman as a white, a right wing back, but then we had Hammers out there and then Holgate was pushed out there. It just didn't seem to flow. But moving on then, I thought I don't want to defend any other player today because you don't you deserve can't. it. But, but, you can't. <laughs> no, but... But I thought Alan done okay, and I thought he was unlucky not to equalise on the edge of the area. It was a good save from Ramsdale. Um, as I say, I thought he put a shift in. I thought he tried to get Everton going, if you like. Um, I'm I'm going to be clutching the straws, but I'll ask the question anyway. Do any of you lads think that Everton had a decent penalty appeal or a shout at least? With the ball. The handball, yeah. What, what did you make of it? I don't think so. I think anywhere else on the pitch, you get a free kick for that. Yeah. But you don't get a penalty. Not saying that's right, yeah. but if that's given against us, we'd be on here complaining. Maybe so, it, it's one of those stupid rules where, you know, as I said, anywhere else on the pitch is a free kick, mm. so therefore it should be a penalty. But equally, I will never expect to get you, you can't, it. It's, you know, it, it, how close to him he's... You know, a yard, if that, away from him. I see it at his hand. And with and with Ross on that, it were in a pen. What pissed me off was the fact that we weren't even reviewed, we weren't even checked. Another corner no. was coming in before. Yeah, <laughs> what are exactly. I mean, I've so I've so less given this season. I mean, I always want to avoid it, especially after a defeat like this, because it looks as though you're looking for excuses or you know trying to oh, no. make some kind of case. And I don't want to do that, but. I, I think that's a fair point. I think it was it was moved on very quickly, wasn't it? No, listen, um, the, the reason we lost today, it was nothing to do with the penalty. We lost because our players didn't want it. There was yeah. no desire. They shipped themselves again. And that's the top and bottom of it. Now, Sheffield United, Ross said before, they're down. Now, they're not the worst team in Premier League history, but they are one of them, statistically. Yeah. And they wanted that game more than Everton. And if that doesn't tell you about the attitude of some of these players, I don't know what will. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but one thing that struck me today, and you may, you know, be critical of him, but I saw a look at Ancelotti today, and I haven't seen him look like that since the derby in Anfield a couple of years back with the kids, and we lost to their kids. He had a look as if he couldn't believe what he was watching, and I think this is where, you know, it might be a bit of debate as to how much criticism he deserves because he looks stunned today. I mean, we all agree he picked a team there that should have won and was capable of winning. And yeah. when they crossed the white line, it's on the players. And I'm not saying he's he can't be blamed. Our home record is the worst in living memory, to be honest. So yeah. he's got he's got to take criticism. But I'm looking at Ancelotti and that touchline and you could see him. At one point he gestures to Godby in that second half and he's like He's literally questioning them on the pitch, like why, why did you just took a shot, a shot yeah, from forty yards? Yeah. You know? So I do have not sympathy. That's not the word, but I, I have an understanding in terms of Ancelotti. You can tell he cannot believe what he's watching at times. Um, I just want to go back to Holgate, and I'll start with you, Andy, because you're you're a big Mason Holgate fan. He plays in Everson and 
were looking earlier after I've said it should have been game over there. What what concerned me, and I said this to you at half time when we were talking, what makes it worse for me? Mason Olgate looks up and sees the pass and still plays it. Normally when that happens, the player's not really looking or he's you know he's fast asleep. Holgate's aware of his surroundings and he still makes that pass. Are you getting concerned with, with what you're saying? Do you think that you know Paul's been a bit harsh in terms of he needs to be removed out of the club? You know, how concerned are you with his form? I I think with him coming off as well, um it shows that you know he hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been good enough tonight and he wasn't he hasn't been good enough the last few games. There's almost an air of arrogance about him. That is so unjustified. It's unbelievable. He, I, I'm a, as you just mentioned, I'm a really big fan. He's still a good prospect. Still quite a young. He's, he's not that young, but still quite a young man. Um, but he's still got a lot of learning to do. Uh, and it, the last few games has highlighted that. Uh, but the, what's worrying me is this: this you make a mistake like you did against Aston Villa. You would expect then him to be on his game, making sure that you know it's fully constant. That that back pass, there's no excuses for that. That was it was awful, and I think I, I don't think he's alone with the, the arrogance in the team. That's unjustified. There's a few players I, I think that are like that as well. But when you think he's a young English lad, and there's other English players that are breaking the neck to try and get in this Euro squad, I'm not saying that he would have got there, and probably it'd be unrealistic to expect him to. But you think he'd be having a good go. Do you know what I mean? Especially he's getting getting that uh, starting lineup for a team pushing for Europe. He'd be able to sort of last few games of the season really put himself into contention or try at least. But it's just, yeah, I, I've been a little bit worried about him. I, I do think he needs to come out of the team. I do think he's got a future with Everton. Um, I'd like to think so anyway. But yeah, he needs to come out of that team for the next few anyway because he, he's not been up to standards. And I think that's a fair point he made. You know about making mistakes. The young player, it was a young player. They're going to make mistakes. That's hundred percent fine. Yeah, you know, they need to learn. But that's the key word: learn. Yeah. If you're going to make a mistake, don't in the very next game that you're going to play make the or not next game, but you know, if, if you a few games later, as we said, he did it twice against Villa. Mm-hmm. Two games later, he does the same thing again. If you, if you, you know, I said, my God, for making, you know, you know, go picking the wrong, um, wrong pass, you'll, you'll take it away. Hopefully, you'll learn from it. Fair enough, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. But you know, if we go in a year's time, he's still doing the wrong choice. It's like, well, you've not learned it, and then you're not advancing. Mm-hmm. And it's what we, you look at a lot of young players, whether they learn from it and go on, or they don't. And it, it's something that you're still seeing the likes of, you know, Barkley today. He's now an experienced pro, but the same headless chicken 18-year-old who is first to the game, his head will drop or go up. And if you're just looking at Holgate saying, if you think you're really this good, you need to get right back down to earth and really take a, a look at what you're doing because he's, he's clearly not learning from it. Or he's, he's just he's, he's saying, I, I'm better than that, and it's the wrong attitude. He really need and to be fair, Ancelotti, you know, he, he made him look really good last year. Holgate was was you know our best centre half um, along with Michael Keane. And to be honest, yeah, in the summer I was going, yeah, I mean, he hasn't got a future here. Mm. But then seeing Holgate, if anything, he's regressed from last year. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure it's the people around him um, or, or or otherwise, but he just doesn't seem to be trying to um, advance himself. 
uh, like I said, any any pro will come out and say, you know, I'm, I'm doing it wrong. And, and you know, to be fair to him, I've, I've been quite vocal of, of criticising Calvert-Lewin for some of his finishing. And he, he's himself admitted, yeah, I'm not quite there. I'm working on it. Fair enough. That, yeah, that's fine. But oh, it, it's becoming a problem when you're seeing Holgate get caught out for stuff like that. Earlier in the season against Fulham, he was making mistakes where he was getting the wrong side of players, not cutting out crosses or not making a challenge. It is becoming an area of concern with him. Spurs as well, leaving Addy Kane completely yeah. unattended. Yeah, I think Michael Keane has got to take some of the responsibility in that game. Um, you touched on the Calvert Lewin finishing, Ross. There was a guilt edge chance for, weirdly, two of them in half a second. For me, both of them are sitters. The ball's brilliant that comes in. I think it's Hammers who plays it in. Richarlison's got to finish it. He, he had to right at the goalie. But then Calvert Lewin, how he's not scoring that, it, it was incredible. Um, yeah, he made the comments earlier in the week. And I know after a bad defeat like this, we can probably make much more of it than it was about the Everton Dars. But, you know, at the Everton Dars, are we justified when, you know, we saw this all season and then, you know, chances like that not being put away just before the you know half time start with you Ross what, what did you make of that was Richarlison unlucky with the header and it was should Ramsdale get more credits or, or really shouldn't he have had a chance from there uh, I think taking Richarlison's one first I think I think he should score but Ramsdale makes a good save he gets down low you know, he'd say Richardson should should bury it. Of course, he should. But equally, that's a good save. It comes out to Calvert Lewin. I, I don't see how he doesn't put it in. I don't see how he he conspires to hit it right at the keeper. I, I was watching it, and honestly, I hate bringing it up, but it was like watching Shevchenko in Istanbul when he was a yard out and he hit it at the keeper. I, I'm still confused how the keeper's down and he still manages to hit it right at him. It, it it shows for me a lack of composure and you're right that, that comment about Everton Dars it doesn't sit well because you know you know certainly my dad's seen you know Sharp Lineker Gray um, you know Royal going back years and years Latchford proper Everton number nines who would bury them mm. so and I've won things for us now. As I said, you know he'll he'll take it away and learn because his his when he has time to think about a finish, he's generally not not a great finisher. But you know equally that his goals were for the season. So again, even time. But it's stuff like that is where you point fingers on saying you know you've scored um, was it 15, 16 in the league for us. But if you add those, if you if you, you that chance you need to bury, and then you get in 22, 23 a season. And I'm not talking about you know, the likes of the Harry Kane goals against us, where that you know he's burying half chances. It's just putting away simple one ones or open goals. You start putting them away. Okay, you know you might only add five six goals a season, but if we if we put that in, going at one all, confident Ancelotti bollocks them. They probably heads their heads drop a bit, and you know, we would likely go on and win that. Maybe not. Maybe you know. But for me, that's. That's the key moment in the game. We, we put that away. Adam Charleston or Calvert-Lewin, their heads would have dropped at that point. But in, in the end, it, it kind of galvanised them. And that, that's when they, you know, certainly looked at Ramsdale. It, you know, he, he looked like he was going to be unbeatable the rest of the game then. 
Not that we, not that we actually um, tested test the game, but but equally he you know, he grew and the defense themselves grew around this, and and almost Carl Lewin seemed to shrink. I don't think I I, I certainly remember him actually touching the ball uh, after that. No, I think as as well on on that point of the comments he made, it was I think tongue in cheek, and I wouldn't want to make too much of it because I, I like Lewin and he, he's won me over. I didn't think he had a future in Everton, but it was a sad bit patronising, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we can talk about our fathers who rightly you know saw a lot more, but in terms of ourselves, we've saw Everton finish bit routinely. This seems not even there yet. You know, this team can't even put a cup run together, so I think it's a bit premature, um, you know, that, that, that kind of talk. For you, Paul, not only... Well, firstly, do, do you think, you know, both of them should have put it away in terms of whether you thought it was a setup for both of them? But I wanted to ask you as well in terms of the partnership. When Duncan Ferguson put these two together, they were brilliant together, do you look like two strangers? And I think Keown in the commentary picked up on that as well. What did you make of the, the finishing from both of them there? Uh, I think Richarlison, with that chance, it should be in the back of the net, but I think the goal, I think the lad made a really good save, Ramsdale. Carver-Lewin shouldn't have, should have left them without a prayer. It should have been in the back of the net, and it's as simple as that. Um, I don't understand why he went near post with the shot. I don't understand why he didn't go far post and go across goal where he had more of the net there. Um, I think Calvert-Lewin, when he's in the box and he's got most of his goals in that six-yard box this season and I think that's been a real development in his game from Dunk and from Carlo Ancelotti telling him to get in that area. And I think when Ross says he needs to add those one-on-ones, I'm thinking now of say one of the top of my head, Villa last week, uh, Leeds, Alan Road, when we should have put the game beyond all that. Yeah. They're the chances that he needs, and those chances will take him from a 15, 16 Premier League goal pressure to a 20, 20, 23, 24. Um, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about his finishing for Charleston at the moment. I think for Charleston's had a terrible season, I'll be honest. And I've, I've I've said this months ago. Um, I think ever since the derby at Goodison, he put Everton in a really bad position. And I've, from then, we lost the next game to Southampton. Um, he had a bit of a rocky patch while he was out. And I felt that he'd let the side down in that way. Since he's come back... Um, I think other than Anfield, when he he scored and he played out his skin, uh, the Spurs game in the cup, I think he's been piss poor. I think he's is the player who would drive forward at the opposition and win fouls. Pretty much the same way Grealish does for Villa, wins fouls. I've not seen any of that this season. I've just seen a player who's got a real chip on his shoulder. The ball just seems... And, and I think, to be fair, this is where I, I'd come to Ancelotti as well, but I'll get on to him in a bit. I think the, the ball gets played over the midfield and over his head quite a lot. It happened far too much tonight, and the ball wouldn't 
seen to go into the Charleston's feet or his, his body had been played over and I just see his reaction and it, usually under Silva under Ancelotti last season he'd get after it and he'd put pressure on, on the defence he hasn't done that this season not once he just seems to play like I said with this chip on his shoulder and he's walking around the pitch and he's sulking and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his but I think this season He's been completely off it. He's yeah. been massively off it. And I think, Frank Christ, that Calvert-Lewin has scored the goals that he has done. Because if he hadn't, <laughs> Europe would have been dead weeks, months ago. Well, I'll bring Andy into this because it was a point to just touch on with you, Paul, that I wanted to go into a bit more. When Duncan Ferguson put the two together, they were a revelation. They were brilliantly. They're playing like strangers. And for you, Andy... How concerning is that? Do we need to rip that up now and, and look for an alternative? Especially given that it looks like our season's over. You know, maybe it's too little too late, but it, it's at least an opportunity to try something a bit different. My concern is that when Ferguson did come in, um, you know, clearly went back to basics with, with the four four two. A lot of the same players that we've seen tonight and we have done for a lot of the season with the bulk of that team. And he would have completely different team they were fighting for everything they were they, uh, and there's a lot of them same players in the squad and then you see that the complete opposite tonight in that performance so something's not quite right I, I can't put my finger on it we, we talked about it last week didn't we pay but we yeah. couldn't quite put our finger on it but there's something not right in the squad and something which Richardson springs to mind as well obviously we don't know the ins and outs and the dealings of Finch Farm but there's something not right within the the the, the dynamics of the group uh, the cohesion of the group, there's something off. Uh, and I, I obviously, I, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I think that we do need to to look at maybe developing a, another partnership up front. Obviously, going to the summer, it's going to be crucial that we get some play, new players in the door, uh, quality, but also leaders. We need leadership in that squad. Um, and I do think that potentially looking to develop another a, a new partnership up top is key, uh, from, in my opinion anyway. I can't remember the last time they put one two together. I think genuinely, I was I was under the impression watching us this season. I thought another two three players maybe to really put the cherry on top of this squad. I genuinely think it's going to be more than that now. Um, I think Holgate for me, I think he does still have some role to play at Everton, but I think his days of starting at centre-back for Everton are long gone now. Um, so, from that point of view, and I know FFP isn't going to be an issue as such this summer, but I think if they, I think we, if Everton received a decent offer for him, I think Everton would strongly consider it. Who's um, that, Holgate or Richarlison? Mason Holgate. Um, no, I, I agree on that. I, I don't think tonight's tonight to go through the squad who shouldn't show me at the club next year. Well, maybe it is if the season's over. I, I, I'll be, honest, I'll be honest, lad, I think tonight is the night to go through it. Well, I, that performance told me a lot about a, a number of them tonight. And I know, yeah. I know we're talking about Richarlison here. Um, I think Ross and I have spoken a number of times this season about how we need a right winger. And I think, again, Ross has alluded a few times, someone like Theo Wilcox, not the greatest player in the world, but he'd be an option to have on the right. Anthony Gordon would have been an option tonight. That's yeah. what he's saying tonight. You know what? It, 
he's obviously gone out to, for his development and stuff like that. But I, I would have liked to see the likes of Gordon come on tonight and someone who yeah. get the ball and have a go. Just, just try back. Yeah, and 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 it kind of comes back to what I think I say at the start. And yeah, that with pedestrian. But what is our pattern of play? The last two months, my pattern, the pattern of play I see is give it to Hammers and hope he does something, or or get a corner or give it Dine. That's our only real creative outlet. Exactly. That's that's not that's not a that's not a, um, the basis of a European challenging side. That's that's relegation fodder. Just give it to your best player and hope he does some magic. That that's all that's all we do, and it's it's down to we have no other option. For years we've been lacking in genuine pace. The last time we had a, a winger who was actually quick and and good was when Morales was in his first two or three seasons. Since since I know I know he you know he soured himself on us and, and whatever, but but since then we've not had a winger who consistently can go past someone and make something happen. We just you look at the rest of the team around, around us. Every team who are you know above us, they have someone capable of just going past a man and doing something. Yeah, out of the ordinary beating a man. I I I can't see. You know, Bernard fucking running the ball out of the play. Oh, lad, yeah. Ross, don't worry. Yannick Balassi is back in the summer. Oh, fucking uh, Yeah. I think yeah, it's all talk. He said Walcott be an option. There he is. Big Yannick. It's through there kind of trying to sweep the grass when he just step <laughs> over. Oh, my God. Last year, there's a lot of talk about Zaha, wasn't he? And a lot of fans for, a lot of fans against. Uh, but I think it's it's become clearly evident that a player of of that health sort of, or that that sort of you know natural ability athleticism is needed desperately in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's him or no, you know I think was he now twenty eight. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know whether it's going to be a sort of an option really, uh, or it might be someone a little bit younger, but. We need a player with some power, someone who's going to pick up the ball and, and get our players. And that's what Brands' job's got to be now. That's what Brands has got to do. He is, you know, he's been given this, you know, a new contract, a lot more responsibility. We need, we've, I said, we've lacked pace for years. There's, there's ton, you know, you're, I think you're right, Peter. We can't, it, it, it's a tough day to go and say, oh, we can replace this person, this person, because, you know, we're all angry, we're all, all passionate and saying this person could go. Ultimately, though, the one thing that even if we'd won, I'd be coming out saying we just lack pace and someone who can really change a game, someone who can do something a bit different. You know, we lost out on Zahar for whatever reason because you know Palace prices out or whatever. And the plan B was seemingly a Wobi, who is not a winger. You could argue he's not a footballer, but either, either way, he's not someone who's going to go past someone and, and make things happen from nothing. And, and that's what really, for me, in the summer, we just need. I wouldn't say one. I think we need at least two players like that who can play number nine, but or could also play right wing, left wing, and then you build from there. Because I think, I think genuinely midfield wise, I don't think we're, we're that bad. I think in Decore, Allen, and to be fair, Davies, I think we're generally okay in there. I think I think we're. I think if if, you, if, it, if it can push things to show up and we, have, we can only get four or five in, I'll be looking at the wings position and the right back position, and then. And then, if you could still got time and money, looking inwards, I really don't think that's that's the area of concern. My concern is that we pass it sideways, we pass it back. What you want is when Hamas has to come deep and look for a man, he 
either sees someone making that run and gets half a yard, or someone will come deep, take on the fullback, beat him, and then space happens. That's how we get caught out all the time. The goal today was by someone had taken a run at our, our, our midfield and defence. We don't do that to anyone because we haven't got the pace to do it. You look at you know, look at the Calvert-Lewin's quick, but it's an, he, and he's number nine. He shouldn't be going past players, really. It's not his role to come out deep. Hammers hasn't got the pace, but he's got the passing ability. If you had someone who could make that run and get half a yard, he'd find them. We don't have... He wasted, he's, he's, make, he's making passes to players who are standing still, who then have to turn, and they turn like the Titanic. It would have been a terrific signing. Sorry, Peter. It would have been a terrific signing last season before he went to Palace. Uh, I know what going to say. He would have been like, exactly the player you talk about. Someone who'll get the ball from deep. And I disagree. Yeah. You know, you know that kid's going to be a baller, and I did want him at Everton, but it wouldn't have changed nothing this season. He's at a club where there's no pressure. If he plays well, great. If not, doesn't matter. I don't think either made a difference this year. I think we need to strip it back, though, to something that, Ross, you said right at the outset. We played the team tonight that was more only than us. So, first and foremost, yeah. whoever comes in, they need to be hungry. Because, you know, if, if we went through the Everton team now, I'd say the majority, or at least half of them, we'd all agree. Maybe not tonight, but in a day two, we'd all agree we want them at the club next season. But the quality tonight wasn't, you know... We all agree we had enough on the pitch to beat Sheffield United. So, although I don't disagree with what you're saying about pace, it comes down to hunger, desire. I said it on Thursday night, Everton and Liverpool played both chasing European football. And the difference in hunger and mentality of wanting European football was was so stark. And, you know, they got, they got so lucky today with the, the VAR call. But at 1-1, they're sending the goalie up. We were losing today. We never sent the goal up. And, it, you know, it's those little things. How much do you want it? But they, um, that's it. They thrive on that pressure, lad. And they've been in that situation enough times to know and to handle that pressure. I, I know they've been shit this season. There have been reasons for that. But that's that's the one difference between us and them. That When they, when it matters, when it truly matters, they're fucking there. And it winds yeah. me up, but they're there. And they well, get it done. We the, don't. They are the devil's club as well, so they've got that for them. But, but it, you know, it is that lack of hunger and desire, and someone will come out tomorrow, and Chelsea Coleman, I don't know, someone will come out saying how, how they're ready to turn it out of oh, these walls. I've ram it off their arse, all before. I, I, I'm trying not to lose my temper here, but, but it's just... Someone, well, will, someone will put up on Instagram, probably fucking Luca Dean, uh, oh, unlucky, uh, two more cup finals or some other shit like that. Yeah. Uh, they're all before. It, it, it's been the case. I could have for most of the season. Just just on this just on this point, Peter, I know you've mentioned there that um, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the moment and I, I know which players are doing don't want at the club this season. Just out of interest, and this is to all these lads, which players do you definitely want to keep at Everton next season? Which players do you definitely want to see at the club next season? Just out I never thought to say it, but I'd start with the goalie. Um, he, Ross made the point. I'm not sure if it was before the podcast, but he said he's been one of our better players this season. I, I agree, second half of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that, that pick is just about um, Luca Dean, Godfrey, yeah. Alan, Decore, 
Calvert Lewin. Yeah. To be honest, uh, yeah, Richarlison. I don't think he's playing well, but I would have Richarlison because I don't think we were good enough to, to you know to move move him on, given the players that we already need with him in the team. Um, Hammers, yeah, I think he's a world class player, but I don't think we can hang our hat on him. I don't think we can build a team around him. Um, we need another player of his ilk, and, and that's the thing. I think a lot just to build on. Hammers. So the majority, it's, it's probably easy to. For me, anyway, I'll let everyone else speak now, but for me, anyway, um, Holgate, no. Michael Keane, he's ne- for me, he's never going to be good enough for Everton. But that's probably it from today's game. You know, so that's why when, uh, when we're talking about potential new players, the quality was there today for me. It's character. But those players who want to stay at Everton, I, I, I'm not sure if they're hungry enough, and that's the sad part about it. I say I thought Alan worked out today, and I thought Pickford was so animated. Every time you could see the frustration with him after playing in front. But not the only one, lad. Yeah. How about you, lads? Is there anyone you'd like to see moved on that started today, or say sick of somebody didn't start today? That's <laughs> 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 just oh, we came up. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't. Um, can't take to him. Um, I, I, I second what you just said there. You know, there's not that many players that I would say that I wouldn't want with us next season. Actually, it's it's the manner and I going back again what I said before. It's frustrating because a lot of the same players were in the team when Ferguson came in, and they were a completely different team. They were fighting for each other, and they were, you know, fighting for every ball, and they were really difficult to play against. And teams in that situation, teams would come to Goodison going, "Shit, we're going to be up for it. They're going to be up for it today, and we're going to be on our game." Now teams are coming to Goodison Park saying, "Rough them up a little bit, press them." They're going to make mistakes and you come away with three points. It completely, but a lot of the same players. It's it, it, it's so disappointing that the manner and the lack of leadership. I just watched the game before, just I was looking for a leader uh, and not just a necessary leader of, of, the, of the sense of put the captain's armband on and, and telling people what to do. Someone who take accountability on the pitch. Everyone was looking at each other, everyone was sort of passing the book. Um, and that's what it come down to. Most disappointing thing for me, the lack of accountability in that team tonight. And um, I don't think a lot of them, based on too many performances this season, deserve an Everton shirt next season. If I'm completely yeah. honest. Um, but in terms of quality, a lot of players have got it, and I want to see them there next year. But they need to pull the finger out because it's been too many times this season. It's been disgusting. Well, look, let's let us let us get let's calm ourselves down and get back into the game. So, just before our, <laughs> before our time, after we mentioned that sitter, I thought there was an excellent chance for a Charleston with Michael Keane. I thought Keane put a good ball over, but I don't know whether it was you know Richarlison and the way he comes across, but he just didn't seem to care. It was as if you know he was doing extra shooting practice at Finch Farm. He, He's ran onto it and just wellied it into the park end. He could have brought that down. I mean, for me again, I would say that, you know, probably a sitter for him. Um, for yourself, Ross, how bad do you think, that, you know, how easy a chance do you think that was for him? I, I think this comes down to the fact that he's clearly snatching a chance. I, 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 I'd be careful with it because I, I don't think it's necessarily him being moody. The, the all the insights you got of his character is he bases this, you know how he's played on goals. He could he could have ten out of ten performances every week, score none, and he'd think he played crap. So I think that's you know, the mentality of him, and you know rightly or wrongly that that's how he is. 
So I think he's snatching chances because he, you know, he knows he's not scored enough this year. He's not played well enough. But that that's the kind of chance that last year in in the in the project restart around June last year, something similar. It came in bouncing ball against I think it was Southampton. He took it up and then he buried it a second touch on on our volley. A difficult chance, but he buried it. Um, that's the kind of chance that you know he needs he needs to start taking. They're the yeah, you're right. He had time to bring that down and pick his spot. Uh, and everything just seemed rushed. And I mentioned it. Um, I, I think I do things before we started talking. But Pickford being, you know, my player, second player, uh, player of the second half of the season. And I think that's down to the fact that Olsen came in when Pickford had a few mistakes. He was taken out of the team. Told you're not a guaranteed starter. You need to book your ideas up. And since then, he has. And he's had pressure. Richardson has had no pressure all season. He's been, he, no matter what he's done, he's he's, he's near one of the first names on the team sheets because for whatever reason they signed uh, Josh King. Clearly, don't raise him. He's not going to get get start. Even when Calvert was injured, he wasn't getting a start. So they don't raise him. So Richardson knows I, I do what I want. They're going to play me anyway. He's not had a reason to get a kick up the arse and and really perform. And and for me, this is. There was two opportunities this year. Well, let's be honest, there's been several opportunities this year for us to really kick on. But off the pitch, there's been two opportunities. We won seven out of our first seven games. And the transfer window is still open. Yeah. That was a chance for Brands to go to Mashiri and say, listen, Fahad, our season started, we've, we've, we've hit the ground running, and, and then some. Give me 40 million quid, I will sign your blockbuster number, Number seven, eleven, nine. What you have someone across that from three he'll bag us fifteen goals a season, fifteen goals and assists, whatever, and he'll transform us. Mm. Whatever reason we didn't, and we let it slide, and and then we got you know we had injuries and we limped into December, and I've said this to you before, we we did limp, we 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 snuck, we we hook and crook, we won one nil here, one nil there, got you know. Results, but we we, we did sneak in the line. The Champions League places as well. Yeah, we were second on New Year's Eve. We were second, and then it gets same thing again. Right, we've limped our way here. Let's sign someone. We divvered, and then eventually we got Josh King on a free. Who, you know, again we don't see Finch far, but they don't rate him. Otherwise, they'd have played much more minutes. They clearly don't rate him. They don't want to spend the money for whatever reason. But that was two big opportunities. We've blown opportunity after opportunity on the pitch. But that was our chance to really push the boat out, get some top quality players in, and you know, and bring them in and say, listen, I've signed Hammers, I've signed this player, I've signed Nass. I'm Carl Ancelotti, I want you to play for us. One season out of the Champions League, and we'll be in the Champions League. We are never going to have a better opportunity against Champions League football than this year, the way the league's been. The only team that would be consistent, and they haven't been that consistent, is City. They've still been beaten by, uh, by well, you know, Leeds went there and won. Chelsea have turned them over. They've lost games here and there. They've not been, you know, not they're not being like they were when they were Centurions. They've been vulnerable. This was our real big chance to kick on. I, I go back to the fact that we we really did kind of limp to to January, and we, we were eking results out. Since then, we've gone. There's um, been sixty plus points available, and we've got twenty three from that. That just shows that the quality of the squad depth is not there. We have blown the... Re- this is probably the best chance we're going to have a top four unless we spend big. Because the way that these has gone, Liverpool have been cacked. 
Spurs haven't been at it. Arsenal are off the charts. Chelsea, until they got rid of Lampard, weren't at it. United, you know, they've been, okay, maybe consistent. But I wouldn't say they've been great. They've just been consistent to get enough points to not be dragged down into it. They were the chances that we really had to really go after this this top four. I just don't think there was enough push or or real guile from us to, to say this is the chance that we have to really advance to the next level and, and probably skip a couple of seasons. I think with Ancelotti, we all knew it's going to be a long-term project. It was never going to be a short-term fix. But this was a real mulligan where actually we've got the opportunity to advance two years because of the way the whole league's been structured. FFPs are just out the window. Just go and spend that extra cash, especially when you've had such a boost. And they just I, didn't. And it, it, I, I said to Paul at the time, we've just, for whatever reason, decided not to. And I think we'll look back and regret it. I really do. Because we'll never, we won't have a better chance. Next season, City will, will, yeah, will be where they are. United will be strong. Chelsea will be really strong next year. Liverpool won't be as bad next year. Spurs will come back strong. Leicester, you know, Rodgers, we all laugh at him. We all think he's, he's whatever. He is doing a fantastic job there. They are going to be a real contender next season. We're going to be able to out the cold again because we're going to need to rebuild the squad yet again. And it's going to take another season of them knitting in together. I just really think that just little bits, and to come back to that you know, original point, and I know I've gone on a massive tangent, but getting that someone in who's going to say to Charleston, if you're not hitting your form, your bench lad, he he then has that urgency and that drive and desire and that passion to become on you know our starting right winger, left winger, whatever. He knows he doesn't need to. And that was our chance to really bring in someone to say, I'm gonna push you the entire way. If you're not if you if you go two years out scoring, you're on the bench and I get my chance, I'm gonna take it. That was the perfect opportunity for it now. Ultimately, I think we've really missed out on that one. And that's that's what Charleston's done. He's 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 had a stinker of a season, but where's his urgency to get it back? He doesn't need to. I think you're spot on, and you know the only thing you would add to it when you say best chance of top four. I think it was the best chance of any form of European football. It was wide open. Um, I've said to Andy numerous times on this pod that at the start of the season, if you wouldn't told me you'd be eight going into the last week of the season in and around European places, I'd have probably said okay. You know, not great, but okay. We were spelled. But as you say, and I think we all agree because. The season has been so lacking in quality. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It just feels like it, you know it's such a lost opportunity. And yeah, I don't disagree with what you're saying about maybe bringing in a player. But then it's it's you know who to point the finger at? Is it Brands? Is it Ancelotti? Is it you know the club themselves not really going for it? I mean, if you look at the Josh King sign, and that was what one o'clock in the morning on on deadline in January. How much did we ever? You know. the Carlo Ancelotti signing as well, by the way. Yeah, and but not being funny, boys. Uh, yeah, we watched the game by November. We knew we were like, that shouldn't be a you know, last minute. This what this wasn't like we were. It was all good and dandy, and then uh, you know two, a week before the window went down, three of our best players got injured. We knew in November that we were we were lacking out. That's how that first I, Ross, I, I would I would disagree there though. I think we knew we were lacking before November. We we let Moise yeah, King go. Yeah, we yeah. we let Walcott go. I think Gordon went. We knew then there wasn't enough because I think Tosin was. Did Tosin go or was he injured? He was no, in January, we, wasn't he? Yeah, he was January. But I think we knew earlier that we were light and and, yeah, and yeah, sure. yeah. 
I think there's an excellent point there that maybe, you know, if we if we went for it as a club, um, you know, push the bolts out for, you know what, for a quality you know what, though, lads, the, the more I'm thinking about it now, yeah, I, I get it about we've got the right manager now to attract the right player. Just the right player. I'm look again, I'm, I'm looking at Leicester and what they've achieved this season and what they will achieve at the end of it. Does it need to does it need to have millions thrown at it? Look at the recruitment. Like, Depends on the player, doesn't it? And we, um, you know what market you go to. That lad, yeah. They sat. Lille are on the verge of winning the French league, and Leicester have already signed. Signed the star players for a million quid. Mare for twenty million quid. That is proper recruitment. And now, like when you think back to the Awobi signing before. It's just a fucking panic. Is is that not what Brands' job is though, lad? And you, you know I'm not you know I'm not a massive fan of him. Um you know, you say he's a great businessman. Ultimately, he signed players from Barcelona. I can tell you who's who's his Barcelona players, you know, he's not signing these hidden gems. He's not signed for us anyone who's a real out of nowhere signing. Every single one we've signed has been you know, Ben Godfrey played last year in the Premier League. The core has been long known for a while. Alan's playing Champions League football. Hammers world known. Well, I, I'm just so add to that though. There, there are Charleston and Alan and Hammers. They were all because of the managers. Marco Silva brought the Charleston in. Ancelotti brought Hammers and Alan in. So, yeah. you know, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm on the fence with him, but I'm slightly towards being critical of him. Farming Delph, I remember the night we signed no, him. Ne- never understood it. You know. Um, Awobi the night we signed him I never understood right. it you know for every good player that we've signed there's just someone lurking that you go I haven't performed I haven't performed so I think I think we've said it the last couple of years but I think there's a massive for brands this summer you yeah, know look, it's, uh, look, look, big time the, the, the Leicester uh, have set an example now look I can't stand Leicester's fans I, I, can't, I despise them but as a club Leicester City are the model that Everton should be aspiring to. In I disagree, though. I'm going to disagree no, on it. With the recruitment, not, not Everton as a club, traditionally, yeah, we, we, we should be aiming for a lot higher than Leicester City. I get that. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I, the reason I disagree, we literally done what you said. We went and got Walsh from Leicester, and it didn't work. We've got to find our own way. What you got there, you got... You had you had a chief scout who identified those players. We made them a director of football. We give him Marcel Brands' job. Now, for me, Brands, Leicester, the, Leicester over the last few seasons, everyone knew about Telemans being a talent in Europe, but no one took a chance. Leicester got him on loan, then signed him permanently. Madison had his admirers. I think Everton put a club after him. No one took a chance. Leicester did. Uh, he sold Maguire. For 80 million quid, he brought Johnny Evans in for a few mil. They're just whoever is responsible for the deals they're doing, they've just got their head screwed on. They've got the right deal. Samare, now I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, Samare will be one of the signs of the season next season. 20 million quid, he will make that Leicester team even better. And I, look, I agree that Leicester's recruitment's brilliant. I've mentioned it in the podcast the other week, but I disagree in the sense that Everton need to look to them because, as I said, we've done it with Walsh. And I know what you're saying, he was a chief scout. We brought him as a, as a director of football. 
Everton have got to find their own way. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong way. It's different for every club. Once upon a time, we had Moyes, and Moyes wouldn't sign anyone unless he saw them live. It's each to their own, and all clubs do it different. Mm. Leicester have found their own way, and they've done it great, but I don't think we should get thrown into it. We need to do it like Leicester. Not because I think Everton are a bigger club than Leicester. I do, but it's not because of that. I just think we've got to find our own way with our own setup with Machiri, Brandt, and Ancelotti. I, I, think, I say that's that's on that's on brands to deliver this summer now, and if the if the right player costs forty million, the right player costs forty million. But the recruitment from now on has got to be savvy. It, it's got to be a lot better than it is. Yeah, well, I think I think the first one. I know we're talking about pace, but I, I think the Glenn one that we're probably all in agreement with is Seamus Coleman's replacements. You know, just purely with his yeah. age, I think that's one that. We're all looking at as I don't know whether it'll be Max Aaron's. It's looking more unlikely that one, but we need something. Right, I'm going to move on with this match because I just want this game somewhere. They're still hanging over us. <laughs> yeah. We get back into the second half. Um, for We're those... already half time. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> for those listening, Paul's balls and he's had enough. Um, yeah, he brings Hallgate off, doesn't he, for Gilfie, which. I don't know whether that was because I made the mistake or the shape or a bit of both, but yeah, we're no better for it. And then in the second half, it's what the 69th minute before we test them. And again, we t- we talked about this earlier about a lack of link up play with the Charleston Lewin. Yeah, and then it wasn't until the 69th minute before we nearly tested Ramsdale with the Charleston's efforts. Um, he goes near post, and we spoke earlier, didn't we, about the lack of partnership with Calvert Lewin and. There's probably an opportunity there to go across goal, either for Lewin at the back post or, or to make it a bit harder for, for the goalkeeper. For you, Ross, could Richarlison have done more there? Well, looking at, when I when I seen this, I think I, I was thinking he's, he needs to pull it back and you know get his foot around this. Whether or not he couldn't wrap his foot around it because he's moving at pace, the the angle's narrowing as it's going on and on. I, th- I think he did well to kind of make the keeper work. Um, for me, uh, it comes to that to that kind of you know, he's not in his when 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 Charleston's kind of you know really honest, he gets it across the keeper like Tottenham. He, you know, he smashed it across Larice. Um I, I think it speaks volumes between you know, the, the partnership point of view. Calvin Lewin's not had an assist all year. Um, Richardson not had many, maybe two, three. And I don't think anyone have been to um, to Calvert Lewin mm. for whatever reason. They don't seem to link up well. Um, you know, we don't know why he was on at the finish farm. We don't see the training, but they don't seem to link up well. And I, I think for me, because we have to pass on the play, it's because they're not. They, we don't have pass and play. Whether they're, they're trying to play one twos or play each other off, it's given to Hammers find one of them and they get a shot away. Not you know, we play the through ball. One of them turns, one of them spins in behind, and they they get you know a flick through. They, they don't seem to be on the same way though. But I don't think we play that way. I don't think they're they're there to play that way. I think we either have that Hammers Sigurdsson playing the through ball to one of them to get a shot away, or it goes wide to Dina or Coleman to get a cross in. So I don't think they're there to link up. But you know, if we're going to play two up front, it's fundamentals of football. They need to link up well, but. They're just not. And it is weird because you know, we come back to when Ferguson came in. They were linking up well. They were they were bouncing off each other. And for a reason, I have a 
because of the short season, the quick turnaround, the games, uh, you know, all, all the fact that we've had to change our tactics so many times, they just don't seem to to know how to, to play off each other. Yeah, or, or, or if you're being more, if you're being more um, cynical, want to play off each other. I think a lot of fans are starting to think the latter. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't, wouldn't really get drawn into that kind of nonsense, but the more you see it, the more you start believing that kind of thing. And Yeah, I don't think it was the worst efforts in the world, but you know we're clutching our straws because we really didn't test Ramsdale at all second half. And, and that was it then, as far as I'm concerned, at the top of my head. The only other one was Godfrey late on with the header, uh, with the clears. I thought Sheffield United were, were comfortable and if anything, they had chances, didn't they, to, to double the lead? And I think the best one was McGoldrick. Um, Godfrey got a, a vital clearance in with about 15 minutes to go. But, yeah, that that's that was the game. Um, you know, we lose on the night 1-0, and that probably is the season. Um, for those listening, we've managed to get Paul back. He tried to escape talking the remaining of the Sheffield United game, but we are back with him. Paul, where do we go from here then after tonight's defeat? Well, so bad. Uh, yeah, pretty much sucked the words out of me, my father. Um, now, there's been something I've been thinking about all night. It's something that Andy said at the very top of the recording. Um, it's that the players don't seem to know what they're doing. Now, that is scary. Uh, <laughs> that is scary, isn't it? But how much? Like, genuinely, I know we've been, me, me included, we've been digging out the players, but ask yourself how much of that is down to the manager. And I know, look, I know who he is. I know what he's done in the game. And I'm not for one minute saying he needs to go. He doesn't. But the home form this season, if it were any other manager, if it was Silva, if it were Allardyce, if it were Moyes, Koeman, we'd be questioning them. The amount of games we've lost at home this season has been unacceptable. It's it's not even the amount of games we've lost at home. It's the manner and the opposition that we've lost to. That's caused me great concern. So, yeah. in my eyes, I just, when I've lost us tonight, I've seen that same performance against Burnley, Fulham, Newcastle. I'm reeling them off now. Villa, West Ham, I've seen it all before. We just, it's the same performance. And when Calvert-Lewin, Richardson missed that chance, I knew we were losing the game there and then. So what what, what can, you know, obviously it can't all be on the manager, but, but he had to take no, obviously a, a, a precaution. No, that what, what, team he put out tonight was enough to be Sheffield United. So I get that. And the players need to own up. They, they need to own that. So they, what's he doing then, Ron, for you? What, what could he be doing better? Just just a variety, a different variety of the game that we're playing. Like Ross said before, everything is given to Hammers over for the best, or it's an out wide to Luca Dean who floats the ball in, or in some cases doesn't get past the first man. The amount of corners he took tonight that either didn't get past the first man or Ramsdale gathered. Ramsdale's fucking shite. He's a fucking He's a garbage goalkeeper. He hasn't yeah, clean sheet in 28 games. I think, 28 I think, games since his last clean sheet. I think that's an excellent point. You know, that, that's an excellent point. I don't rate that keeper. Uh, and I think, I think it needed to be said, yeah, fair enough. And like that that's my thing with Everton tonight. It was just so predictable. And Martin Keown, he, 
he's a fucking plum as well. But even he noticed it. Everything was too central, or it was out left. There was no variety. Now, under Moyes, you had PNR Baines one side. You had, well, fucking hell, Coleman or Tony Ibbett on the right. But you had proper players in Arteta. You had Flaine, he was a physical presence. You had something different. There was variety. Like, you, you never knew what what way we were going to play the game. With Ancelotti, with Hammers, when you get him on the ball, it, the amount of times he had, he, he had on the ball tonight where he had to give it back because there were too many players around him. But we were passing it to him. And everything else was twatted up for Calvert-Lewin to knock down or twatted up to Richarlison or passed um, out to Dean. Yeah, I'm still buzzing up um, calling Martin Keown a plum. That, that's poetic. That. I'm, I'm trying not to lose it. I've, I've really tried. So, For those no, listening, I've tried not to lose it tonight, but I, just, I can't help it. I think I we're doing well. It. I think we're doing well with our anger levels. So, you know, I agree. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying about Ancelotti at home, but then you flip it on his head, he's got Everton set up brilliantly away from home. So no, exactly, exactly. But I think the way we're set up away from home, the way we set up at home and away, it lends itself to playing away from home. But we're the team when we're at home against the likes of Sheffield United, we need to be taking the game to them and saying, look, lads, you're shit, you're relegated, and we're taking the game to you. You're in our way and we're going to fucking slap you. Yeah. And that that's not me being arrogant. That's me seeing... An inferior team, and Everton should be putting it on them. And I think, I think, Paul, I think, I think, making that point, Mark, as we all said, you know, we give it to Hammers and hope for the best. Um, you know, he still created our best chance or chances of the game, where the the double save uh, was yeah. from his you know, great through ball uh, over the top. And the thing is, if we had different patterns of play. We had, you know, like a, a link up like, you know, Dean going down the left. We had someone who beat a man. And then Hammers. Teams couldn't just double up on Hammers and say, we're going to restrict you to one chance a game. You know, you'd have two or three because they, they couldn't double up on him. They'd be worried about everyone else on the pitch. We've yeah. become so predictable to play against. Teams know, I'll put three in midfield, get one man to stand on Hammers, man mark him. Wherever he gets the ball, a second comes with me. And you know, we, we'll, we'll manage to we'll, we'll manage about the game. We're very easy to play against, and that that's what the concern is. Even if you know Hamez, who is still a top top class player, he can make one chance a game. But if we if we if, if we just want that variation to have the ability to make other chances through other means, and it, it frees up other areas of the pitch, then just a plan B, just just something different because it 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 is so predictable and. Another example is when Michael Keane's lofting balls up. You know what's going to happen. It's it's either you give the ball to Hammers and he does what he does, or Michael Keane lofts it up and either Calvert Lewin or in fairness, get onto it. Right, in fairness, and I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't agree with that. I don't disagree with either of you. But Hammers, as you say, Ross put it on a plate tonight. Michael Keane put it on a plate for Richarlison. Yeah. So even though, even though you know it's quite predictable, Richarlison alone really could have turned the game around on those opportunities. Oh no! And we've spoken about their finishing. Like they, they well, we said about Calvert Lewin one on one. He needs to be better, and we know that Richarlison this season needs to be better. And next season, he either performs. 
because don't forget, he was one of the players talking about wanting Champions League football. Yeah, he is. The I think. Uh, sorry to interrupt again, Paul. I think this is the source of his frustration. I think, and I said this at the start of the season, I think he thought this was his stepping stone season where he steps up another level and then basically puts in the kind of performances to Everton where it's like, I'm going to get Champions League football or I'm, I'm gone. But because yeah. of the season he's had, it's not going to happen for him. Well, I don't think the team will take a gamble on him based on the season. No. And the, mm-hmm. I want to bring you in now. Is there a defence for Ancelotti with Everton's own form, or as you got to really, you know, as you got to accept this kind of criticism with the style of play, the way, you know, the, the lack of creativity, over reliance on Hammers? I think fans coming back to the ground against Wolves, obviously, it's going to be a great occasion. But I think uh-huh. if, if fans were there throughout the season, I, I think a lot of fans would have been getting on his back a lot more. So I don't think fans are going to take to the way we've been playing at home very well. Um, I think he needs to be accountable. You know, we, we've we've slated the players, and rightly so. We've slated the players. I do think he needs to, to be accountable. I, I believe he's going to come good, uh, especially when he, get, he has a, a good transfer window. But yeah, it, it, as Paul's saying there, we need another. We need another option. We need another plan. We need another plan of attack. It, it's so. He's absolutely right. It's so predictable, but so easy to play against and. It is responsibility to get the best out of the players. Ferguson done it in a short spell and time. Obviously, there's a massive gulf in inability between them. I'm not not comparing them for one second, but he, he needs to be able to get the best out of them players, and and he's been struggling to do that in certain games, especially at home. Um, he's got to find a way. However, he's still quite a new manager, um, so he needs to. You know, he's still. Still learning a lot about the players, and you, and you did see in his face tonight, he, he did look disgusted at times. So, yeah. I've got, I don't believe for one second he sent the players out to to play, you know, like they did. Oh, um, no, but, but at the same time, it's it, it his responsibility, and he's got to be accountable for the for the way we're playing um, and the style of play. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's right for him to, to receive some criticism, um, but. The bigger picture is that he's going to be great for us. I've got no doubt of that. Uh, but I am. Um, I I said to you then, I Andy, that when we previewed this game, I I use words like suffocate them, keep them in their own half, being relentless, wave and wave of attack. And I just wonder, you know, with, with what you're saying, Ancelotti's not naive. I don't think Ancelotti believes his team's good enough to dominate a Premier League game at Goodison because I think if he you know, when when we won those seven games start of the season, Andy, you pointed out we were quite open, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we, we were, le- you know, we weren't dominating for ninety minutes. It was, it was, you know, West Brom as an example, and Brighton. We were conceding goals, and I just don't think Ancelotti trusts his team to dominate the game, and I think he's trying to find ways of winning, which he's succeeding with away from home. But I think at Goodison. I think the players are caught between the rock and an hard place that we're not set up to dominate and we're being overrun in the midfield. And today, just the players didn't really know for me anyway where they were meant to be on the pitch at times. It was that bad. So, a question to all of you then. Does anyone, you know, do any of you think that Ancelotti's now under pressure? So, for me... He's coming with a lot of credit in the bank due to his reputation and, and, and the way we started the season. 
I think that credit is running very low. Um, and and, and I'll, I'll prefer, I used to suppose saying, not at all wanting him out. He's the man for the job for me. And he's, he's, he's you know, reputation and how he started the season, 100% give him the opportunity to have another summer. The point that irks me, this isn't the three games, this isn't Leeds, Fulham, West Ham, whatever the first three were that we lost at home uh, and played poorly. This is six months down the road. This is not something that's been happening for a month where you could say, okay, you know, it, something's not quite right. Give him a chance to address it and get it right. We're six months into this now and we're still losing games. We've watched that game nine to times a season. It's the same thing. We start badly. We're open. They could score two or three. They get the lead and then we're scrambling. We keep watching the same game over and over again. Regardless of if the players are not try, you know, not not putting the effort in or whatever, that's down to the manager to say, lads, we're solid away from home. What we need to come up with any type of system that makes you actually not necessarily dominate games at home, but at least let us compete in games at home. Mm. Not a torn advocate for Moyes. But under him, we had far inferior players who worked harder and we were really hard to beat at home. Teams hated coming to us because we put a shift in. We, six months of still seeing the same, every home game, you go into it going, I'm going to see the same thing again. 10 minutes in, we're open. We haven't been, we've been conceded. It's the same every single time. Yeah. A lot of that has to come down to the manager. Regardless of whether players aren't putting a shift in or not, which is on them, but he needs to have to hit them out of the firing line or cover system that doesn't rely on them to, to you know, we it's his job ultimately to motivate the team to put a shift in. Out of that team that played today, you know, we said at the start, Pickford put the most effort in out of trying to galvanise the team and he's the keeper. There's no one really trying to bust the gut to make something happen today. That that comes down to managing trying to set us up to do to perform better than we are. Six months for someone who's truly world class as a manager, and he, he is, he should be doing better than he is right now. Yeah, what what I would say to that, um, not not disagreeing with with anything you said there. Ancelotti's never finished worse than top six with any team, and I think this is the, one of his biggest challenges because I think although I think we have a lot of good players, I think this is his first job, or probably since his early days in management, where he's got a bunch of losers. I think he has always had world-class players, but he's always had winners. Pirlo, Kaka, Shevchenko, Nesta, Cristiano Ronaldo, you name it. No matter how good they were, they had the mentality of we're winners. And I think this group of players, I saw the look on his face today, he's disgusted, and I'm not... Defending him, uh, he's, he's he's culpable for our home form, obviously. And I agree with you guys. I think he is the man for the job. But I think his challenge now is he, he's actually got a group of losers who who they can sleep at night after results like tonight. It's not going to hurt them. You know, they'll have the rallying cries. And I think he hasn't had this before, or he probably hasn't had this since his Parma days, you know, before, you know, a good 20, 30 years ago. So how he combats that, will be interesting because it's it's got to be this summer, hasn't it, where you see those changes and who he thinks is, is, is up to it. The, um, the argument back that, Peter, sorry, is that 
Wolves last year, we, we got played off the park and he was disgusted and he went, you know, we've got a really, you know, I need to, you need to ship up, ship, ship up or shape out or whatever around it is. Yeah. It's, that was July, August last year. It's May 2021, nine months on. I'm going to say the same thing again. Fair How many more yeah. do we need to have? Do we need to have you know, another defeat in the derby? Do we need to have another wall, uh, Wolves like today? Yeah. You can't keep having these bullshit moments where you say it's going to change and then things don't change. Well, what I'd say, no, what I'd say though, that, that, that is a fair point. But, but in fairness to that, I think the time, and I think, you know, we have to flip it on its head. It, it It's not no biggie in the grand scheme of where we want to be, but we have gone and won at Liverpool. We have gone and won at Arsenal. When we lost to Wolves in the manner we did, no one would have thought the next time we played Liverpool and Anfield we beat them. The same with Arsenal. And you don't get trophies for that and you don't get your for that when your home form is this bad. So it's a fair point, but I think there are there are improvements. Clearly in the league, we're going to finish higher than what we did. But obviously it's not enough. So there's still more work to be done. Keep it on the Wolves team. That's the next game. Um, Paul, you're going to this one. Yeah. Is, is our season over or, or you know, is, is there a glimmer of hope that we might just sneak into the seventh and final European spot? Look, it's it's not done till it's done, is it? Mathematically, we're still in there. Um, I just, again, <laughs> I feel like I've said this time and time again this season, tonight just feels like another opportunity missed to really separate us from from Arsenal because I'll, I'll be honest, like Arsenal in particular, the season they've had, they've been pulled apart and rightly so. They're terrible, but they're a point behind us. And for most of the season, we've been first, second, top four in European places. And I I put a question up on Twitter the other day, just out of interest of our fans. Um, should we not qualify for Europe this season? Would the season be a failure? Now for me. The season's a massive failure. If we don't receive, if we don't qualify for any form of European football, given the position we've been in all season, the season is a failure for me. Now, again, I know we've won at Anfield. The performance at Old Trafford was spirited. We've won at the Emirates. We've won at White Hart Lane. We've put all kinds of kinds of hoodoos to bed. But as as great as that's been, it's been. The counterpoint is look at our form of Goodison this season, where it's not been as good. Um, and I think that form of Goodison has prevented us from uh, sustaining a proper assault on the Champions League places. Um, so I think, look, I'll, I'll say it now Wolves are another garbage team. I watched them today against Bears, they're a team of holograms. They're, the garbage, like the, the a shadow of the team that have been in the Premier League the last few seasons. But Sheffield United are rock bottom, one of the worst Premier League teams in Premier League history. And he beat us comfortably. I think with Wolves at the moment, I think for, for a while now, they know their season's over. They're, they're experimenting and signing younger lads. And you've got a lad up there who he might come good eventually, but right now, Against us, against us, Pete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just waiting to see you now. Um, yeah, I think to come back to your point, we're still in there mathematically, we're still there. 
it wouldn't surprise me, genuinely, we're having this conversation now, it wouldn't surprise me if we win against City at the Etihad. And I've not taken any drugs while the laptop went off before, but my thinking is, away from home, the way we set ourselves up, we can frustrate City. They're going to have one eye on the Champions League final. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you got a result at City. But... The, the only... The only... The only way I see Everton beating City is if we can't get Europe and there's no pressure on the players. And, yeah, then, right, and then, no, but genuinely, I'm not trying to be funny, but the mentality of this group is they'll relax and they'll go to City and they'll do them. If there's anything riding on it, if we need the results against City to get Europe, not a chance. Not for me, anyway. But it's just, it's things like that, though. Like, I know we're talking about the quality of the squad and the depth, but the the attitudes just got to change. And let, let's be honest, that there are a number of players now who have been at Everton for a few years on the silver. They're still part of that squad, and and the attitude and the general mentality of the squad has to change. So that's when I say the right player. It's not it's not necessarily the likes of James Rodriguez who have obviously quality, but it's Mentality, the right player, the right fit, the right quality for the team. Yeah, and that's what we've got to get right this summer. And I back Ancelotti to do it. I, I still have a lot of faith in him, and I think this summer we'll get even closer. But we, it's not about getting closer anymore. We've got to start get seeing results. We've got to yeah. start seeing it because and, and Paul, Paul, on that, I just looked it up there. We're yeah. eight points off fourth. So mathematically, Champions League's gone now. I can name eight games where we should have at least got a point and a point would be a disappointing result. That's the reality of the season. That not eight points, eight games where we should have picked up a win and we've come away with nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. Even if we, even if half of them we'd put a result away, we'd be comfortably in four final. We'd be challenged us. I agree. I, I, the only thing I would disagree on, Paul, I know mathematically it's on, but I, I think the season's done. I think if you're losing at home to Sheffield United, yeah, West Ham... I think I think we'll beat Wolves on Wednesday purely because... Of the fans. The fans in the ground. Yeah. And I wish, there were, yeah. I wish... I genuinely wish there were fans in that ground tonight to let them know that that wasn't fucking acceptable in any way. Shape well, well the, the one thing it's put to bed is... The, this idea that Goodison's toxic and it's the fans' fault. Fans haven't been there and it's the worst record in probably Premier League history of Everton at all. Yeah. Um, I I think we'll beat Wolves and I think the City game, yeah, we could get a result of City arresting a lot of players, but even their second strings were at last. For you, Andy, do you think there's a, a glimmer of hope with Europe or do you think West Ham and Tottenham are just going to no, do enough? I- as you just said, then when when we've seen what we've seen tonight, uh, it, it's over for me. Um, I can't see us. I can't see us getting in there. Don't think yeah. we deserve to either. No. Do we want to? Do we want to? No. That's the question no. I'm asking. Do you want? Because realistically, the squad we have is so thin in quality. You know, Champions League football admittedly attracts top players. Fair enough. Do we want to be playing Europa Conference League or wherever it is? Or would we rather just have the mess focus on domestic and keep the squad relatively, you know, small but but not overstretching them? I, I think I think probably to be honest with you, 
missing out on it for one season is probably the end of the world, given the state of the squad. I think we'd be in a worse position if we had to play um, 10 extra games a season. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I personally would disagree just because I think Everton needs to be in Europe and I think we're not in that position where, hypothetically, if you were to say to me, next season we'll have a good crack at it, then yeah. But I, I don't have any genuine confidence that it'll happen yeah. next season and then next season's another season where oh, we're probably better off out in Europe. And all of a sudden, it's been five or six years. The last time we were in Europe, it was an embarrassment, wasn't it, with, with Koeman and... The, the games, I can't even remember. There was a sad loss too. As well as a BS5-1. No, um, was, it, was it a Greek team or a Cyprus, a Cypriot team who come to go to some and drew with us after Vlasic scored and we still couldn't get a result? Anyway, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, Limassol, Limassol. Yeah, Limassol, yeah. So, do you know what I mean? We embarrassed ourselves in Europe and it, it, it would have been nice to see Everton under Ancelotti, even if it was the Conference League, but... You know, you've got to want it. And I watched the Brighton-West Ham game. West Ham's response after two minutes of Welbeck scoring was equalising. Everton's response after 83 minutes of Sheffield United scoring was minimal. So I, I think that says it all. Let's end it on a positive, though. We've got fans back at Goodison on Wednesday. Um, I thought it was 10,000, but it's not, is it? Is it a bit it's less than that? 6,500. Um, I, I do think the fans will make a difference. You know, and I do think we'll get the results. Uh, it's the same for all fans. And uh, the other shout across the park, they thought they were the only ones who suffered with their mm. fans not being there. But how much of a difference do you think it'll be even on Wednesday when you're back there? Or are you going gonna to be like that meme of the Leeds fans at Alan Nold where you just run into the stadium? right out my mouth. Fucking boo! Boo! Now, do you know what? It's... And Ross will back me up on this. When the tickets, when fans were originally allowed back in the ground, I was very reluctant. And I, I said to myself that I didn't want to go back until we were all back. Um, but I think since the restrictions are being lifted a little bit now, and obviously I went to the concert at Stephen Park a few weeks ago, and that was great. I think it'll just be nice to get back to Goodison. It won't be the same. Um, experience obviously but it'll just be nice to be back back in the ground again and see, seeing the players and just getting back into the last day routine um, look, look I, I'm just I'm glad that there will be and, and I don't include myself in this no I'll laugh and joke and say I'm going to boo them off the pitch and that but I'm just glad that there are fans in there to let them know if they do but in a similar performance tonight on Wednesday night, it won't be tolerated. With the fa- and the fans, even if there are 6,500 of them, they will let them know that it's not acceptable. And That's the sad irony, isn't it? You, you know, we wait that long to get back on the ground, but I think the Evertonians over feeling at the moment will be, we want a response. It's not going to be, oh, it's great being back at Goodison. It'll be, we want a response from Sunday. You know, just, just for pride, really, isn't it? That's it. They, they, they need to respond because it wasn't it wasn't good enough tonight. It wasn't acceptable, and they've disgraced themselves. Ancelotti used the word today in the interview: embarrassment. He felt embarrassed. I I hope they genuinely feel it up until Wednesday night when he come out, and then we'll get behind them. But if they if they churn out the shite that he did in 
in tonight's game, then the fans are going to let them know about it. Um, they'll let them know that we won't tolerate it. Yeah, well, hopefully for those six and a half thousand, it is a night for them to enjoy. So that, that's it then for, for this week's episode of Talking Toffees. Barring a miracle, it looks like our season's now over. European football looks to be out of our reach. Paul and Ross, thanks very much for coming on tonight in difficult circumstances. Much appreciated. Um, no worries for having us. Nice very welcome. Hopefully the next time we'll have you on, it'll be in better times. Um, yeah, and thank you all for listening, especially after that result. I don't know how many will, will want to tune in, but hopefully, you never know, there's another week to go. We might be proved wrong and we might sneak it. Thanks for listening. Up the toppies.